0: Coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, I see that you are called the Chocolate Lady by the Dolly Guild.
1: Yes. <laughs> and you make, you
0: make custom chocolates for them, right?
1: You know, chocolate should be cousins with wine and coffee. Right. Mm-hmm, totally. I mean, they're so similar in how they have to be produced for you to consume them that they should be cousins. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. One of the things I was reading about uh, the Ivory Coast... Is that the average cocoa farmer there makes 97 cents a day?
1: And Jeez. up until a couple of years ago, they never even got to taste what chocolate the finished product is. Oh, geez. Tastes like, wow. Right? That's crazy. Yeah.
0: And they That's can't even afford crazy. something off the dollar menu at McDonald's or three cents short.
1: <laughs> I, shouldn't funny. Make, I shouldn't joke. That about isn't funny. That. Sorry.
0: So you have a certain order that you like to go in with the tastings as well.
1: Similar to how you would do your wine tastings or anything else, you start with your lighter, sweeter, and then work up. We're in the middle of Lent right now, and what I found fascinating in my notes of history of chocolate, in uh, 1569, Pope Pius V declared that chocolate, the drink, did not break the fast.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, saw Lent. saw that.
1: You can drink chocolate, but not eat it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority
2: on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown.
0: Hi, I'm Kevin Godby.
2: And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today.
0: Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete.
2: And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete. And we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to. But you should.
0: We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work.
2: On today's show, our featured guest is Maggie Pretty.
0: Maggie is the owner of Maggie's Chocolates, which produces the highest quality locally made chocolates.
2: After Maggie, we finally make our way back to Greenstock for a refreshing and delicious lunch.
0: We have a great show,
2: so stick around. Where can you find the freshest fish in St. Pete? Well, you can't get fresher than caught that day. That's what you'll find at Trophy Fish. The Day Boat Special includes the fresh catch of the day, cooked how you want it, with your choice of two sides and a house-made sauce. They also have some incredible appetizers, like grilled street corn that's like crack, that stuff's so good, incredible grilled oysters, fresh fish spread, and much more. You will also find some options for the land lovers out there. All of this set in a setting that makes you feel serene and relaxed with your toes in the sand, like a day at the beach. They like to call their concept bait shop chic. So head on down to Trophy Fish, where you can grab a boat drink from their full bar and fill your tummy with the freshest catch around. Trophy Fish is located at 2060 Central Avenue in the Grand Central District. They're open Wednesday through Friday at 5 p.m., Saturday and Sunday at 12 to three for brunch and at five for dinner.
0: One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine and you can even get a regular old cheeseburger too so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends check out engine number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete their burgers can't be beat engine, engine nine.
1: can you get me back on time
0: Please welcome the owner-operator of Pretty's Chocolates, Maggie Pretty.
1: Hi, Maggie. Good morning. Good morning.
0: How Good are you? Morning.
1: Good morning.
0: So I've already we, had
1: my dose of chocolate this morning. Ah, <laughs> nice. We, we've been doing
0: ours in the evening with bourbon.
1: Yes. I, I oh, Lori, I have it. a new one for you to try. Oh, goodie. Oh,
0: awesome. We're in. Yeah, just, and so our listeners know, we previously, a little while back, did a chocolate tasting where Maggie came over to Lori's house and we had uh, Abby and Mike there. Abby does our recipes for us. And we did just like a wine tasting, all kinds of chocolates, different terroirs. And we're going to get into all of that first.
2: It was awesome. I want to
0: just give a little background. I see that you are called the chocolate lady by the Dolly Guild. Yes. (laughs) And you you make custom chocolates for them, right?
1: I make custom chocolates for them. I make custom chocolates for the Florida Orchestra, the St. Pete Opera, um, the Ringling Museum, a number of custom type of um, situations like that. That's what I really enjoy doing.
0: Cool. And I'm reading here, it says that you have led over 60 local wine and chocolate pairings. I'm betting by now it's probably like 100.
1: Probably. Yeah. closer to 100 maybe 160.
0: <laughs> and you did uh past work included making chocolate on the set of a food network series.
1: Yes that was very exciting we did a a full bust of a pirate for a uh oh wow Baker Brothers for the Food Network yeah that's that was so fun. cool.
2: So the yeah, tr- the, cool. the bust was made of chocolate?
1: Parts of the bust were made of cake and Ah. fondant and molding chocolate cool so it was a combination of different mediums that we played with
0: so how did you get into the world of chocolate
1: i just love
0: chocolate (laughs) i guess that'll do it i think
1: it started when i was very young my parents would go to new york city on buying trips Mm -hmm. and they would bring home barracini chocolates very very old Cool. Mm. my mother would hide them and I would find them
0: and just. Nah, ah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. we.
2: She we, didn't do a very good job then of hiding them. No.
0: <laughs> <I did not. laughs> and we also, uh, aside from being fortunate to do a chocolate tasting with you a few years back, we went on vacation to Guatemala mm-hmm. and we toured a little boutique chocolate factory and we learned, you know, how they make the chocolate. So we had a little bit of a background right. and then you went over this, some of that stuff as well. Right. And we were even sharing our pictures of the pods. So here's what a lot of people might not know if they haven't really, you know, if they're just passively enjoying chocolate, is that chocolate starts out as a tropical fruit. Right. <laughs> Who knew?
2: It was so fascinating when we first learned which, that.
0: Which is cacao. Yes. It's a pod from a tree. They the cacao beans are extracted. And then then once they're roasted, that's when we call them cocoa beans, right? Right. Yeah. OK, because I've seen you know, I was doing reading online, you know, to prepare for this. And it seems that a lot of places like mix up the two words and don't know what the distinction is. But that's the distinction. And I think you were telling us there are four types. or three. There are
1: four types of cocoa pods, the pods that hold the beans. Right, 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 right. And does
0: that yeah. depend on the geography?
1: It does. It depends also on its original origin, your original origins, mm. your original origins, which we really don't know for sure. But they say the Nacional, which is the type of pod mm-hmm. or yeah, um, national, the Criollo, the Trinitario and the Forastero. Those are your four basic types of cocoa.
0: Interesting. Um, Where does the cri- Criollo come from?
1: Criollo is your Mesoamerica.
0: Mm, okay, that makes sense because there's there's also a uh, cigar tobacco that's called cri criollo. Huh, I don't know ahead. if I'm saying it right. Spelled the same way. Criollo. So, do criollo. you ever blend? Do you ever blend the four types, or do you keep them separate?
1: Uh, I keep them separate because, well, when you're talking different origins, they are blended. And they have grown to blend because your Forestero is more resistant to disease, but it doesn't have the best flavor like your Nationale and Criollo has the really wonderful uh, chocolate flavor, but they're very um, susceptible to disease. Ah. Mm -hmm. Which I will say when you're buying good cocoa chocolate, most of your good chocolate is just naturally organic because these farmers can't afford chemicals. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they just can't.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So yes. So part of the process. So when the, the beans initially are, are bitter, mm-hmm. uh, but then they're, they're fermented and then roast it. And you were telling us about the cacao pulp is used to help ferment the beans. And <gasps> was that what we tasted? They tasted like a citrusy honey.
1: Yes, they call it the Miel, M-I-E-L, which means honey. Mm -hmm. And it is the pulp, which is what is needed to ferment the beans in order to give them that flavor. Kind of like grapes when you're making wine. Right, right. Yeah.
2: Right. We did a lot of comparisons to wine.
1: It is. it's, It's very similar to, you know, chocolate should be cousins with wine and coffee. Right. Mm-hmm, totally. I mean, they're so similar in how they have to be produced for you to consume them that they should be cousins. Yeah, but They right. do grow yeah. together. Actually, your chocolate and your coffee grow in the same band, which is 20 degrees north and south of the equator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your wines grow on the outer banks of that 20 degrees. So you're 30 and above. Right. Mm-hmm. right.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. You were showing us like a world map and you had the lines drawn 20 degrees above and below the equator. Yeah, And it's interesting that the trees originated in what's now Mexico, Guatemala area with like Aztecs and Olmecs and Mayans. But most of the uh, cacao is now produced in, on the continent of Africa.
1: Right. Yeah. Like 73%, 74%. Mm -hmm. Is it the Ky- Ivory Coast of Africa, Ghana? Right.
0: So when In that they,
1: vicinity?
0: what do they, how far do they take the processing? Are, are they exporting the cocoa nibs? Is that Who's how far they go? Oh, uh, we'll say uh, uh, Cote d'Avry, Ivory Coast, Ghana, okay. Indonesia, the, where, where they're growing. All the, the, the countries of origin where the trees grow and we get the cacao from are they so they're they're fermenting and roasting and how is that it or do they do a little bit more less
1: than well they do the the slave part which they're treated as slaves which we'll get into at some other point right but what they do is they take them off the tree they slice them open with the machetes and they have to be removed from the tree very carefully because if you nick the tree then that tree won't Produce, so they cut them open. They take out the beans that has all the pulp. They lay that out and they start the fermentation process. And depending on the weather, if it's rainy or too hot or whatever, um, the fermentation process can take anywhere from five to ten days. Mm -hmm. So then they lay them out uh, after they're fermented. Then they dry them. They could dry them in the streets. They could. They don't really have streets. They have roads. Mud roads, (laughs) right? Yeah. Well, you've been to Colombia, so you know it's it's pretty uh, primitive. Yeah, Guatemala. So Guatemala, yeah, Guatemala. Excuse me. So once they're dried, then they're bagged, and then they come. Then the big buyers, like your Calibos and those people, and we're only talking about the Ivory Coast right now. Mm -hmm. They come in and they buy the whole sacks.
0: So they're buying them at the point where they're they've been fermented, dried.
2: Just dried so not just not, dried. not not roasted fermented yet. and dried but not roasted fermented. correct
0: gotcha right. okay yeah and then what happens with the uh pulp
1: the pulp is just
0: discarded
1: it just disintegrates well it disintegrates mm. because they sit oh, out they right. sit in the ferment
2: while they're fermenting so they're fermenting it and right. then they dry them and it's gone got it right right i don't know why i'm make, make doing this with my hands
0: eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's interesting we uh a couple weeks ago we had um Ashley from Embrew uh, tea on, and she was telling us uh, just similar to chocolate that it's not easy to, su- to source fair trade, I guess, non-slave labor tea. Right. So that's the case with chocolate as well. Are, are you able to do that?
1: I only work with that is what she does that mm-hmm. only work with fair trade. Yeah. Right. Like your Falkland um, chocolates from Switzerland. They've been around since early 1900s they work with the farmers and they're one of the biggest advocates for farmers. So
0: awesome. Yeah. yeah one of the things I was reading about uh, the Ivory coast is that the average cocoa farmer there makes 97 cents a day.
1: And Jeez. up until a couple of years ago, they never even got to taste what chocolate, the finished product. Oh, geez. Tastes like, wow. Right. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. And they it's can't even afford crazy. something off the dollar menu at McDonald's or three cents short.
2: <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't joke. That isn't that. funny. Sorry,
0: it is, but it isn't. <laughs> Speaking of money, this is an interesting thing I found. You know, earlier we were saying that the chocolate goes way back, like like somewhere around two thousand years. Uh, Actually,
1: it, four to five thousand.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Wow. And I found this interesting. The Aztecs used cacao beans as currency. Mm. That's how valuable it was. An avocado was three beans. A turkey was one hundred cacao beans.
2: And you're talking beans, not pods. Beans, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And and Maggie, you were telling us that pods can have anywhere from like twenty to forty uh, beans, right? Beans mm-hmm.
1: inside, and they were even using, they were even making making counterfeit beans.
0: Oh no way!
1: <laughs> yeah, way. Of course.
0: <laughs> the Aztecs.
2: Yes. The Aztecs. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Scamming goes all the way back. And, and here's it, it here's does. just a, an interesting thing, you
0: know, where I said the turkey is a hundred beans. Turkey was the only meat that they ate. All the other meats that are in Mexican food now were introduced by the Spanish. They didn't even eat chicken. Wow. So all the, the pork, yeah. the chicken, beef, all that came from the Spaniards. They
2: must've had to take a lot of naps
0: right? Yeah, with right. all that <laughs>
2: trip to fan. Yeah. <laughs> but then they ate the chocolate. the chocolate. Yeah. That's what kept them awake. <laughs> right.
0: So go, just going back to the uh, Ivory Coast for a moment, you were telling us about a farm that you work with. Where they have 100-year-old trees. Tell us that story.
1: Oh, that's in Ecuador.
0: Oh, that's Ecuador. Sorry. Yeah, Scratch I don't Ecuador. I, I
1: work very. I I don't work a lot with chocolate from the Ivory Coast. I do have one because I call it my basic chocolate. It's a 72 mm-hmm. percent, and I like to use that as a base chocolate for people to taste a base chocolate flavor. Mm-hmm. And then I introduce the single origins, which has all the bountiful flavors in them, but the 100 year tree comes from Ecuador. Yeah, wow. that's pretty farm. cool. That is cool.
0: So here's another thing, uh, since you mentioned Ecuador, it just reminded me that I found interesting is I looked up what are the, the top 10 producing countries. And what's interesting is where chocolate originated, which is now Mexico and Guatemala, they're not in the top 10. Hmm. Mexico's number 13 and Guatemala number 19. And the top, top 10 are uh, Cota de Avre. Ghana, Indonesia, Nigeria, Cameroon, Brazil, Ecuador, Peru, Dominican Republic, Colombia. Wow. Yeah. So we brought home Guatemalan chocolate and had no idea we had kind of rare chocolate. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And well, I put the ones- and I put it in the refrigerator, which Maggie yelled at me for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> All my chocolate is out of the refrigerator.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, totally. We I, I actually keep my my stash is with my bourbon glasses there you go (laughs) so i remember to have chocolate when i have to get the bourbon out but then i also found it interesting that so those are the countries where the cacao or cocoa originates but the top four countries responsible for production of finished chocolate are the u.s germany switzerland and belgium Mm -hmm. does that sound right to you maggie
1: yes Mm -hmm. what's um sad is that in your countries like Ecuador and Nicaragua and those type of Mesoamerica, you know, this part of the um, geographical map. Um, I forgot what it's was. Gonna, oh, they're cutting down the cocoa trees and replacing them with sugarcane because oh, wow. they make more money with sugarcane. So oh, they drive in those areas to try and make people like what you're doing with me right now is to make people aware mm-hmm. that the good chocolate, your nationales and your criollos, those really good tasting chocolates, kind of like your caviars or your really nice wines, mm-hmm. to make people aware of them so we don't lose the good chocolate.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. Another thing I, I found here, I'm just uh, reading off. Actually, this is, just, I think, part of the uh, Wikipedia entry on chocolate. Some mass-produced chocolate contains much less cocoa, as low as 7% in many cases. That's ridiculous. And fats other than cocoa butter, vegetable oils, and artificial vanilla flavor are often used in cheaper chocolate to mask poorly fermented and or roasted beans. Mm. And, and And now here's we got some bad guys here too.
2: I was going to ask.
0: In 2007, the Chocolate Manufacturers Association in the United States, whose members include Hershey, Nestle, and Archer Daniels Midland, lobbied the FDA to change the legal definition of chocolate to get them so they could substitute partially hydrogenated vegetable oils for cocoa butter, in addition to using artificial sweeteners and milk substitutes. Currently, the the FDA said, go pound sand. <laughs> good. They, wow. The FDA does not allow a product to be referred to as chocolate if the product contains any of these ingredients. So good.
1: Yes.
2: But it's
0: so
1: cool. another good thing in the UK, the UK is not accepting or allowing any products that are not fair trade sold in the UK. That's oh, awesome. Wow.
0: So, good. That awesome? That's since when? Yeah. When, when Just did they this do past that? year. Oh, wow. Good.
2: Yeah. yeah the UK has been doing a lot of stuff like that lately, mm-hmm. like with the yeah. Subway bread.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 That was Ireland. Yeah. And we talked about oh, fake. Ireland. Right. We, we yeah. talked about fake. Well, that's part of the UK. Yes, I mean. it is. But we talked about fake vanilla previously right, as well. Right. There's all these lawsuits. From
1: going. Droppings. Uh, oh, no. What is that? That's cinnamon. Oh, oh okay.
0: <laughs> I was worried about the vanilla ice cream with the specs.
1: <laughs> Back to the chocolate and additives. You know, Crisco vegetable shortening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You put your hand in that and you can't wash it off right. unless you have a heavy duty soap. Wow think about you're eating that in chocolate. That's what these Nestle's and Hershey's and Calibo people put in their chocolate, so.
0: So I think this is a good time to mention where people can go and get some of your chocolates.
1: Uh, My national distribution is, this is one word, worldwidechocolate.com. So it's Mm -hmm. worldwidechocolate.com, one word. Um, That's where my national distribution is. Gracie's Pasta and Provisions. Mm -hmm. Um, They're out on Paso Grill and Central. Mm -hmm. And then Must Wine Loft. They're at Second Street North.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're across from Kawa. um,
1: Yeah, I often do some wine and chocolate pairings with them. Nice. And you get to taste both and get to taste your single origin chocolates and see how they pair nicely with different wines. Nice.
0: Nice. Yeah. So, Gracie Muswinelloff, Worldwide, what is
1: it? Worldwide Chocolate, the Dali Museum.
0: Oh, the Dali Museum, right. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Worldwidechocolate.com. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Right. So, you're using all all natural products. You have single origin.
1: But it's like four ingredients. Chocolate, cocoa, butter, vanilla, sugar. Mm -hmm. Bam. That's it. Right.
0: Right. So Maggie, we're going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors, and we will be right back. Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth, and the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms, vegetarians, it'll have you saying, "Ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head." My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete.
2: Do ya, Booyah.
0: Dats restaurant in downtown St. Pete not only has some of the tastiest food, they are also unique and creative.
2: They're the home of comfort food with flair, a foodie wonderland filled with bacon, cheese, and house-made breads.
0: I love their shrimp and grits, which made our top 10 list. The trick is they use cream cheese and an Indian makhani sauce.
2: They also have a bunch of great burgers that use certified Angus beef. And two that they're famous for are the Cheesy Todd where instead of a bun you have two bacon jalapeno mac and cheese buns and then the double d where you have two whole glazed donuts instead of a hamburger bun
0: yeah it's crazy crazy yeah. i love the spaghetti in meatball ginormous meatball stuffed with spaghetti inside the meatball then served on top of more pasta they also have tacos fish and chips meatloaf pulled pork grouper sandwich salmon a great steak salad and tons more
2: They've got a huge location with lots of outdoor seating, and the inside is as spacious as it gets, great for social distancing. They're right in the heart of downtown St. Pete on the very first block of the famed Central Avenue, 180 Central Avenue. Their website is datstampa.com, and on Facebook, you can find them at Dats for Foodies. Check out
0: Dats in downtown St. Pete.
2: As a St. Pete Foodies listener, you should also check out the Zest podcast from WUSF Public Media.
0: You know, the Tampa NPR folks.
2: Every Thursday, host Dahlia Cologne shares everything
0: from food history to the best restaurants you haven't tried. There's recipes you'll want to try and a different slice of our state's foodie scene.
1: The Key Lime actually is native to Southeast Asia. The English sailors were called Limeys when they found out that they put it in their barrels of water to get rid of that brackish well-watered taste, they uh, didn't get scurvy anymore, so they wanted them in all their ports in the tropics, so they took the seeds and planted them. So that's how we ended up with tea limes down here.
2: We invite you to listen to The Zest on your favorite podcast app or at Zestpodcast.com.
0: Tell, Tell them, them St. Pete Foodie sent, sent you. We are back! We are back with the owner operator of Pretty's Chocolates, Maggie Pretty. And you were telling us some uh, pretty cool stuff on the break about some Indonesian chocolate. It's a
2: new chocolate you're bringing on board that she wants me to try. And you were describing yeah. it,
1: Maggie? As a, it has a dark coffee, licorice kind of beginning taste, and then it blooms out in this fruitiness. It's very nice. Ooh. And it's a nice, yeah, It's it's an, it would be a great chocolate with bourbon, actually. Oh, <laughs> it nice. sounds like it. <laughs>
0: So we, I mentioned uh, in the beginning that we recently did a chocolate tasting with you and we had some, we had some rosé champagne with that. We had some red wine with it and let's see if we can sum that up and recreate that a little bit of how we, how you do the chocolate tastings
1: with
2: wine. No, just how you do your chocolate tastings at at home, at home, either way, however you want to touch,
0: but I mean, we started off with some, a little bit of educational stuff like I said before, you were showing us the map and how all, all of the chocolate comes from 20 degrees north and south of the equator. And you take it from there.
1: Well, I also include in the kits, the tasting kits, two, <clears throat> excuse me, what we call chocolate liqueur. Which is doesn't have alcohol in it. It is basically just the chocolate that has been ground down with the cocoa butter. That's it. It's not processed, mm-hmm. and that's in a hard form. And I have to grate it. Mm-hmm. So I brought and and I have some for other kids. 100% Trinidad, mm-hmm. which is your Trinitario mm-hmm. cocoa, and then the um, Ecuador, which is your Nacional. And so I have, bring that so you can really taste the 100%. And I like hate that. to use the word bitter because when you say bitter, people think of that chocolate cocoa powder that you mm-hmm. got in your mother's cabinet, right? Is that chocolate that gave you taste bitter like that.
0: No, it actually tasted. It wasn't real sweet, but it no. tasted good.
1: Yeah. It has that. You can taste the earth what the earth grows the right right, right there
0: was definitely an earthiness there, i think it was the uh, the trinidad one i think was a little more mild and the ecuador one to me was more earthy
1: yes yes right yeah and it's those so, yeah so one was
0: like they were both like powders one was a a, a coarser powder one was right. more fine right and then we had also several different uh were those all single they were all single origin chocolates right all single origins
1: right mm-hmm. that's all i do but for my we tasting. also got to taste the,
2: the actual cocoa bean mm-hmm. too she yes it, the beans yeah that so does it national. seem
0: like does it yep. seem like most people don't like the beans because they're too bitter i actually did well, like them.
1: the the reason that it's bitter and the reason why chocolate and a higher percentage when people say it's bitter which i don't like to use for the ones that i i um, have you taste is because they weren't roasted properly, just like coffee.
0: Uh, If it's
1: over roasted at a higher temperature or two, it's all has to do with the roasting and the fermentation, the drying and the roasting.
0: I mean, does does that happen because they're, they're rushing it to try to be more efficient and profitable?
1: And they use horrible beans. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, who knows how many bugs and stuff are in them? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. right? (laughs) Gross.
0: (laughs) So you have a certain order that you like to go in with the tastings as well.
1: Well, similar to how you would do your wine tastings or anything else, you start with your lighter, sweeter, and then work up. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried to work with you guys with different specific origins. Like we started with the Mesoamerica with your El Salvador, your Nicaragua, and your Honduras. So that's in your Mesoamerica. And then Mm. there's Ecuador, which is still in that Um, hemisphere. And then we went over to, what Bolivia and then um, Madagascar and what else did we, we did like nine left that night, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We did.
0: Venezuela, right?
1: Venezuela. Mm -hmm. That was one. Yep. Yep. Go to ivory. Yeah. The Venezuela, that was my favorite.
0: Yeah. I noticed another thing about uh, what you do. uh, You say that you use 68% or higher dark chocolate with no hydronated fats or wax fillers. Correct. That's another thing that differentiates between, you know, your mass market stuff. That's not so good.
1: Correct. And everything you really is- get to taste what the earth is. Still- it's kind mm-hmm. of like, well, you're all right. When you want a cab, you want to get a grape or a vineyard that grows good cab grapes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Or good Zins or so you go to the source that grows the best grapes.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I do the same with chocolate. I go to the source that grows the best beans for that particular variety or flavor that I profile that I want. Right. That's why pastry chefs, if they learn to work with single origin chocolates, they use less other additive flavors to go with whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. Does that makes sense.
0: Totally. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and so you're offering uh, uh, chocolate tasting kits, and then are you also still offering like personally doing the chocolate tastings? Yes. So yes. how how does somebody reach you if they're interested?
1: They can reach me at my email. I don't have a website because I don't spend all kinds of money on a website. So,
2: right.
1: mm-hmm. um, my email address. P r i t t i e n u t s, pretty nuts. That's email, That's I'm gmail, I'm pretty nuts. Actually, <laughs> yeah. making chocolate in Florida, right? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Kevin will
2: put that in the in the <laughs> introduction when yes. he puts this out. So
1: we're in the middle of Lent right now, and what I found fascinating in my notes of the history of chocolate, in uh, 1569. Pope Pius V declared that chocolate, the drink, did not break the fast.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> During yeah, saw Lent, that.
1: you can drink chocolate but not eat it. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because back then,
0: yeah, it was it was very common to have to, to drink, to have it in a drink form. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, yeah Actually,
1: nine-tenths of chocolate's existence was in the drink form.
0: Mm-hmm. Back very, then. Very cool
1: back then nine tenths of the existence yeah. of chocolate ah so
0: mm-hmm. in
1: four thousand years that chocolate has existed nine tenths of that was drunk wow
0: okay. wow and we yeah. eat chocolate and there used drunk.
1: to be <laughs> right
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're a goofball
1: <laughs> that's interesting chocolate cafes were more prevalent they came way before coffee houses oh mm.
0: wow right oh
1: they were yeah Yeah, that's it just going on and on
0: and on. Awesome. So Maggie Pretty, thank you so much.
2: Yes. Thank you, Maggie.
0: We will be right back.
2: St. Pete is all about local, and this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oates Market and Cafe was founded in July of ninety-four by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Rollin' Oats has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable price as possible, and now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' has a cafe open daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' today.
0: Roland Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North and in South Tampa you'll find them at 1021 North MacDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at RolandOats.com
2: That's R-O-L-L-I-N Oats.com and Roland Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup.
0: Hey Lori have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly pimento cheese and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah. I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly, glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG.
2: Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good, too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy
0: mushrooms, and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, best casual dining, best pizza, best Bloody Marys, best meatballs, and believe it or not, best salads.
2: Ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs—it's oh, so good.
0: Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at ten thirty, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. <coughs> So, I have something I want to talk about regarding salads. What's that? So, we typically have a side salad to accompany our meal. We do. Almost always. Yeah. And sometimes we actually do have a, the salad as the meal. And that's obviously a bigger salad, but not all meal salads are created equal. Very true. Some have a lot of stuff that makes them not so healthy. Mm hmm. And do you know how much crap is in bottled dressings? A lot. It's a long list of unnatural ingredients and preservatives. And my favorite. I'm joking, is calcium disodium EDTA. Yeah, it's an actual ingredient in dressings, but not at Greenstock. Nope. That's where they come in. Greenstock is right in the heart of downtown St. Pete, and they are a chef-driven and ingredient-focused salad and wraps, fast casual eatery right on Central Avenue, 449. And they are the sponsor of this segment. Yes, they are. And they make all of their own dressings from scratch in-house. There are no ingredients that you never heard of or can't pronounce. And I don't think a lot of places do that. Right. You know, everything is fresh. Nothing comes out of a can. And you can see all the ingredients right in the case, such as the bright yellow ears of corn and the plump, juicy red Roma tomatoes. Yummy. And green stock is what's for lunch today. Yes. What did you get, Lori?
2: I made my you inspired salad with romaine and spinach. I added some cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers. They have the most delicious pickled red onions. Mm-hmm. Uh, beets, watermelon radish, and crispy wasabi peas for some bite and some crunch. Nice. And then um, uh, I added some tuna because they make the best fresh Mm -hmm. tuna in-house, and topped that with extra virgin olive oil and red wine vinegar. It was delicious.
0: Cool, so I wanna address a couple of things that you mentioned. I also, I edit tuna as well. And here's something that they they told us the secret. Right. Because we rave about this tuna. Mm -hmm. They said the secret behind our tuna salad is that we use fresh ingredients like Dijon mustard, mayo, pickles, parsley, sushi grade tuna of course and they confit it right mm-hmm. and then some lemon in there to make the tuna salad in-house every day and we added a lot of times to most of our salads i added it to mine i got the the blat right that's b-l-a-t so it's bacon lettuce avocado mm-hmm. tomato and they have in this there's romaine, spinach, arugula, bacon, avocado, tomatoes, again, the pickled red onion, which Mm. we both love, croutons, and ranch. And they make the ranch dressing from scratch. And it's a healthier version, but neither one of us can remember what Erica told us. So (laughs) we'll address that next time. But um, the red onions, you can also, this leads me to something else I want to say because I recall uh, last weekend at your place, I opened up the fridge and oh, look at that. There's a whole container of the red, pickled red onions from Greenstock. Because you can also buy some of the, you can buy the dressings, you can buy those onions and a lot of other things. In
2: the provisions section of St. Pete Meat.
0: Right. So St. Pete Meat and Provisions is another company with the same ownership as Greenstock and in the same location. And here's something new that was just posted recently. They said, did you know you can make your own Greenstock quality salad right at home? We offer take-home produce bags that contain the essentials. And all of our made-from-scratch dressings can be purchased in-store at St. Pete Meat and Provisions, so you can enjoy the fresh flavors of Greenstock anytime. So like we said, they combine those two. So St. Pete Meat, they have the highest quality steaks, chicken, pork, farm fresh eggs, and get the duck eggs. Yeah, they're they're really awesome. And a bunch of other sundries, and you can buy those right there at Greenstock. They are on the 400 block of Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete, and they are open for dine-in or takeout. We did take out this time. Yes. And their hours are from 1030 to 6, Monday through Saturday. And the websites are eatatgreenstock.com and SaintPeteMeat.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with some important information.
1: This is
0: Christmas. we have a new review of Driftwood Cava and Coffee Roastery. If you knew of Rockstar Cafe on the 700 block of Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete, it's the same owners that have revamped it into Driftwood, where they serve cava, they roast their own single source coffee, and they have vegan and non-vegan breakfast and lunch items. You will find that review at stpetersburgfoodies.com. Next week on the show, our guest is an online cooking coach from the Czech Republic. We'll be talking to chef Michal Kovac. If you want to get in touch, just drop us an email at info at That's
2: it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening.
2: Thanks to our guests, Maggie Pretty. And thanks to our sponsors,
0: Trophy Fish, Dats, Rollin' Oats,
2: Possessed Podcast, Noble
0: Crust, Booyah Ramen, and,
2: and engine, engine Number nine. 9.
0: Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band.
2: We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com.
0: Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot
2: and your bubbly cold.